May I never fail to acknowledge and be grateful for the honor and privilege to stand before you to proclaim the good news that Jesus Christ has come to seek and to save and that he has made himself known in our days through his word, through his Holy Spirit, by his grace, through faith. For our response time this morning, I've proposed these three questions. How does the Holy Spirit protect us from sins of the flesh? How do we obtain the fruit of the Spirit? And where is the false gospel of religious legalism being taught today? I do not intend to set before you explicit answers to these questions in the course of this message, but I hope you will meditate, reflect, consider, think on these things, and then in the time of response that you will share that which you have uh, determined, that, uh, that you might be an encouragement and a blessing to others by, by your responses. Amen. We have been told, and recently we celebrated, that we live in the land of the free. And yet, living in the land of the free, there are so many who live in slavery. Slavery to mirrored physical addictions. I don't need to catalog these for you. You're readily aware of those physical addictions that afflict so many and enslave their lives. But there are many that are slaves to emotional addictions, slaves to the demands of society, the demands for more friends, more clothes, more cars, more toys, more money. All the things that were pounded into us from birth. All the things that are supposed to make us happy. All the things that make us slaves. And miserable slaves at that. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. We read, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. The man who wrote these words considered himself an expert on sin. Elsewhere, he described himself as the foremost of sinners, with which I have some argument, and yet propose myself to be an expert on sin <clears throat> for much the same reason. In Galatians, the Apostle Paul, as he was inspired by God the Holy Spirit, writing to a people to whom he had preached the gospel, a people that he had preached the good news, and as he had preached, they had come to know the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. But now after he had left, he had departed this region, 
he learned that others had now come in behind him and were now teaching these people, these who had come to faith in Jesus Christ, that faith in Christ was not sufficient, was in fact insufficient, not enough. And they're being told that in order to truly be a part of the kingdom of God, they had to keep all of the Jewish customs, practices, laws, observances. These people who had been set free by the grace of God were now being enslaved by religion. They were being weighed down by religion, weighed down by guilt for not being able to keep up. Such guilt must be assuaged, and if not by success, if not being able to keep, not being able to do, then success by numbing of that guilt, which of course only adds to more guilt, which requires more dealing with which requires more guilt. And so, in verse 13 of chapter 5, our expert on sin continues, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And so this expert on sin writes to these wretched people, writes to those who are being so, so mercilessly weighed down you don't have to be slaves. You don't have to be encumbered 
enslaved by these religious rituals. And neither do you need be enslaved by the body of flesh that betrays you. You have been set free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery, but rather walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. In, in, in faith, by grace of God, that you have received the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and know the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of life eternal, you have likewise received the gift of the Holy Spirit. The power of God resides in you. Jesus had promised that he would send the Holy Spirit. Jesus had promised he would send the Comforter. The one who would, would be the, the bringer of peace. Yes, convicting of sin, identifying, pointing out the, the sinfulness that so requires the, the gift of God, of his, his righteousness, His forgiveness. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended upon the church, the apostles, and those who received the good news. Subsequently, the Holy Spirit was the gift of God on all those who received Christ. <coughs> Paul, as he preached, as he had gone to Galatia to preach the good news, he preached the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He preached that as you come to Christ, you will receive this gift. You have received, you have the gift of God, which is the Holy Spirit that lives in you, the very power of God residing in you. You have been made free. Live like it. The Spirit indwelling the believer is, is a substitution, a substitution for the flesh. And as the Spirit indwells the believer, it is the Spirit that drives out the desires of the flesh. These are supplanted by the Spirit of God. You don't need to fight these desires. Oil and water don't mix. If you don't know this, you're going to have to trust me on it. But if you have a cup of water and you begin to pour oil into that cup of water, as the cup fills up with the oil, it will force the water out. And finally, you have a cup of oil. Such is the case in the presence of God the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. It is the Spirit that drives out. Walk by the Spirit, we're told. There's no room, no place for the desires of the, of the flesh. This is a positive, affirming encouragement, a proactive approach to defeating temptation and sin. You have received the gift of the Holy Spirit and so walk in the Spirit. 
The works of the flesh are evident. Notice that the word works here is given in the plural. These works are evident. They're plain. And, and we read these and say, yep, that's right. I mean, if you didn't agree with anything else in the Bible, you'd read that statement and say, yep, I've got to go along with that. But we know that the works of the flesh that are evident are works that are evident because they will define a person. They will define a person's life. And in this day and age, what's what it's called? I know they, they talk about identity politics, right? Where, where you, you identify yourself by, by these things, right? Right? Am, am I making sense here? I mean, there's people in, in, in life, in society, in culture, in the world, they want to be known as these things. And they're proud of it. They give a whole month to be proud of it. And not only that, but the, the land is replete with those who are proud that they support those who are proud of this. These things are evident. These things are evident. And, and you know, I, I think 50 years ago, I, I may have, might have had a more difficult time saying that. It was, it was true. It was every bit as true 50 years ago. <coughs> but it's certainly evident today these works of the flesh are, are works that define a person's life, their self-identity. And we read here, these do not inherit the kingdom of God. Such as these are not believers. They are not in Christ. They are, they are not those who have have known the grace of God by faith in His precious Son, Jesus Christ. Such as these do not inherit the kingdom of God. But you, but you were once one of them. You, you also were once slaves to sin. But as the scripture tells us, in Christ, we have now become obedient. We have now become obedient to, to God in the life of the believer. I wrote down here, remember Lot's wife. Do you remember Lot's wife? What happened to her? Let's see if I can remember how it goes. God had destroyed the, uh, the cities of the plain, Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, some, some would say by a nuclear detonation. Uh, what, what was the author's name? Late great planet Earth. Uh, Hal Lindsey. Yes, Hal Lindsey was the first one I ever... Uh, 
encountered that, that proposed that. But uh, it, it was interesting reading, that's for sure. At any rate, so, so Lot and his wife and, and uh, uh, kids were, were escaping the city and, and fleeing, fleeing from, from the destruction. And, and what did Lot's wife do? She looked back. And, and it, it's, it's, um, it's analogous of, of looking back on sin, right? That, that sense of wanting to go back, of missing it, of, of desiring that, that place of sin. It destroyed her. So, certainly the, the works of the flesh are evident. But remember Lot's wife. Don't, don't look back. Because certainly we, we came out of this. This, this life of sin, this life of, of domination, of enslavement to sin and the flesh. We have been set free. Don't look back on it. For likewise, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, while the works of the flesh were plural, numerous, in this instance, the fruit of the Spirit is singular. And certainly the fruit of the Spirit is likewise evident. It, it's fruit that the plant produces, right? Fruit is, is what comes out of the plant. And it, it's fruit that identifies the plant. An apple tree is known for having... Ah, y'all are listening. Peach tree, peaches. Kumquat tree... Y'all ain't never seen a kumquat tree. You don't know what kumquat tree. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, what the, the, it's what the plant, what the tree produces, and it's evident. It's evident that that's a, an apple tree because it's got apples on it. Right? Now, is, is that applicable? Does that, does that make sense? This is... This, it, the fruit is singular because the list, the catalog, is descriptive of the fruit. There's one fruit. One fruit. Fruit of the Spirit. The list are the identifying characteristics, the traits of that fruit. And, and we could do a comparison like, you know, apples. It'll, it'll, it'll come apart really fast, so we're not going to do that. But rather, understanding that what we have set before us now is, is a description, characterization of these, of these traits of this fruit. And those who walk by the Spirit bear the fruit of the Spirit. Those who walk by the Spirit are known, they are identified by the fruit that they bear, the fruit of the Spirit. It's what, it, just, like, just like the works of the flesh are that which 
identify the unbeliever. The, the fruit of the Spirit identifies the believer, the one who is in Christ. It defines them. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You know, part of the freedom, part of the freedom for which Christ has set us free, for which Christ has set you free, is that you no longer have to devote so much of your attention to you. You no longer have to devote so much of your energy, your attention to your passions and desires. So much energy put into not being the bad you. So much time and energy put into being the, the good you. Since you have been freed from the burden of you. A life filled up with Christ leaves no room to be filled up with you. It's the pouring in that drives out. It's not the driving out that pours in. Somebody write that down. Huh? It's the pouring in that drives out. It's not the driving out that pours in. Jesus set forth this principle long before I ever came up with my little cliche. You, you will recall as soon as I mention it from Matthew chapter 12. Did I put that down to put it up? Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, is that Matthew chapter? Yeah, sure enough. Um, so Jesus was talking. He said, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order, then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first, so also it will be with this evil generation. How much, how much time and energy and... <coughs> oh, come on, Ellen. How, how much have you sat under, listened to all the things that you have to quit doing, that you have to get out of your life, that you have to stop, all the bad that has to add infinitum? When in fact, Jesus is telling us, the scripture teaching us, that to, to walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit. The Spirit of God has been granted to you. you. You don't have to throw away. You don't have to throw out your TV set. 
you don't have to put your gaming console in the garbage. You don't have to give up your social media time. Quit giving up. Quit trying to get gooder. Take up God's Word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in intercessory prayer. You say, I don't know what to pray. Pray for me. Pray for Ben. Pray for your husband, your wife, your children. Pray intercessory prayer for all those whom the Lord will lay upon your heart. When you're before him, he will, the Holy Spirit resides within you. And he'll offer prayers that you don't even know how to put into words. Romans chapter 8. Spend time with God's Word. Take up the practice of prayer, intercessory prayer. Begin a ministry of love for others. Seek Christian fellowship. These are just a couple of ideas. The Holy Spirit who lives within you will reveal to you that which will drive out the TV, the gaming console, the social media. They will take care of themselves. Why do so many lottery winners wind up so tragically? Because they don't know how to live with such wealth. They don't know how to live with all of that wealth. Why are so many Christians so miserable? It's the same answer. They just don't know how to live with all that wealth. For freedom you have been set free. So walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Augustine of Hippo is said to have frequently, frequently prayed, Lord, deliver me from that evil man, myself. I got that out of a Charles Spurgeon sermon. Yeah, I knew I needed to mention him at some point. And of course, my favorite hymn. It says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Where, from whence does this inclination arise? How come? when I want to do so well, to please the God I love. Why do I wander? You know, Paul, Paul said it long before us. Romans 7, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? 
Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. <clears throat> there is far greater glory to be afforded to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in our lives in demonstrable dependence upon Him rather than in demonstrating one's own abstinence. There's, there's, there's no glory to Christ in testimony and testifying all the things that we've given up. All the stuff we've quit. All the stuff we don't do. How proud we are of who we ain't. But glorify your Savior in who you are. Glorify your Savior in who He has made you. Glorify your Savior walking in the Spirit. Focus on the positive. The battle has been won. Claim the victory. Claim the prize. The prize is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Folks, this is not just another list of actions that you know you're going to fail at. This is not more guilt piled on guilt. This is a gift to you. To you. Accept it. Fighting the battle that has already been won is slavery. Living your life struggling, fighting, to overcome temptation and sin is refusing the fruit of the Spirit. You are trudging through life as if a huge weight is hanging around your neck. Yes, that weight, that weight that held you down, that weight that enslaved you, that weight which was once upon you has been lifted. It was removed by the atoning sacrifice, the Son of God. It's not there anymore. Don't live like it is. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Walk by the Spirit. Through love, serve one another. All of those gifts of the Spirit are about how we relate to others. You have so much of life to offer to others when you don't get in the way when you walk by the Spirit. I want to mention just quickly, I encountered an article this week. Praise God, it came in, came in my way. 
a fellow Jeff Robinson, a pastor, a seminary professor. Uh, the article was on the Desiring God uh, website, and, and it was entitled, The Legalist Final Rest. Six Reasons to Read Galatians Again. A couple of quotes from the article, if you will. He says, I tried to follow Jesus by rededicating my life to Him over and over and over again, maybe 200 times. I lived as if justification came by grace through faith, but sanctification came by law. Been there, done that. Uh, and there's certainly congregations who are, who are, are uh, browbeat this very morning. Uh, to get them down the aisle uh, to throw it on the altar. I always think of the guy that said, said every Sunday he went down and threw his cigarettes on the altar. <laughs> every Sunday. Uh, yeah, but it was just that, that constant, constant uh, losing battle. My life was a frustrating merry-go-round of sin, rededication, law-keeping in my own strength, sin, rededication, law-keeping, you get the picture. I had to keep proving to God that I was serious about Him. I had to keep proving to God that I was serious about Him. I responded, I needed to believe that God serious about me. He says, Then upon hearing a sermon from Galatians 2.20, God worked in my heart. The gates of paradise swung open, to use a phrase from Luther, and I walked through. At age 28, I understood, perhaps for the first time, that both justification and sanctification are by grace. I was saved by grace, and now being sanctified by grace. His six reasons to read Galatians again. One, good works, however good they may appear, do not justify us. Two, confusing law and gospel is a pathway to misery. Hear that one. Confusing law and gospel is a pathway to misery. Christ has set us free from sin, but not free to sin. The Holy Spirit is not the junior varsity player within the Godhead. Do not let the Pentecostals steal the Holy Spirit from you. The Christian life is a crucified life. Amen. God calls us to reassert the gospel in every generation. <coughs> we are a forgetful people. See 2 Peter 1.13. And the first thing to go usually is the gospel. You know, on reflection, that's true. We, we let go of the truth of the magnitude of Christ's sacrifice. And, 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 and in doing so, we let go of the sufficiency that Christ is sufficient. And it's so easy for us in the flesh to, to be called to that place where we, we're going to add to, we're going to heap more, we're going to do more, we're going to be more. 
Because Christ isn't enough. Surely it takes more. And I tell you, I've heard that argument presented exactly that way. It takes more. Why in the world would we ever want to dishonor, defame, diminish our Savior and Lord? The true gospel is God's grace for God's glory. For our joy. Do the tendencies to legalism and license sound familiar? Then flee to God's word. Flee to the good news of God's grace. And find glorious freedom from the bondage of continually proving your goodness to God. Or find joyful liberation from your desires for liberty to chase after the world. Your desires for liberty to chase after the world. The book of Galatians opens with these words. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.